The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Today at the Chokesland Wrestling Report, we're going to go through the Ring of Honor 19th anniversary show and the event that happened on Friday. Plus, we're going to go behind the curtain. The news and rumors that has happened during the week. A lot of stuff going on with Peacock and the WWE Network stuff that a lot of people may not be subscribing again to the WWE Network. That and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Welcome to another episode of the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. I am your host, the infamous Ultimate One, and I'm here today to talk about the Ring of Honor 19 anniversary show that happened this past Friday. Not a bad card at all. I was very, very impressed with the card that Ring of Honor had, being that Dragon Lee wasn't able to defend his Ring of Honor television title because of a busted eardrum that he, that he had uh, and occurred, I think, during a match a couple of weeks ago. So he was out. Uh, so in this match, you know, uh, his title was on the line. But before I start, guys, again, I want to thank those who have been supporting the Chokesland Wrestling Report. Uh, again, I thank those who listen to my audio podcast through Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music slash Podcasts, and any uh, major audio podcast that you like to listen to your favorite show. Also, guys, don't forget, I have a YouTube channel, and it's called the Chokesland Wrestling Report. That's my video podcast that I do my Friday roundup. Um, it's... Every week, I know a lot of you guys probably see it, and they'll be like, oh, he's always talking negative about WWE. And, well, to be honest, there's nothing positive to talk about WWE. So that's what you'll get from me if if the product is that bad. That includes any, any, any uh, promotion. Um, but, yeah, so um, if you guys want to listen to the to the Chokeslide Wrestling Report videos, I have – Tons of videos in my YouTube channel. You guys could go in there and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell for new uploads. Plus, if you hit that thumbs up, it'll help my channel. Search engine, if people want to look for my channel, it will help out greatly. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to start off with the 19th anniversary Ring of Honor show. The first match of the show was Tracy Williams versus Kenny King. Four. The Ring of Honor World TV title. Again, like I mentioned in the beginning, that Mr. Dragon Lee was not able to defend his belt. We don't know how long he's going to be out, to be honest. But a pop eardrum or uh, uh, I think a damaged eardrum, that's going to that's gonna take time for him to come back. Because the eardrum, that uh, messes with your equilibrium. And you're not going to be able to wrestle if your eardrum is either busted or whatever the case may be. So Kenny King was chosen from 
la infacción gobernables to defend the belt for uh, Dragon Lee. So his opponent was Tracy William. Hot sauce, Tracy William from the foundation. Uh, Tracy William took control of the match early as he went and wrestled at his pace. Kenny King, of course, used dirty tactics to get control of the match. William made his comeback with a Spicoli driver for a two count. Uh, Amy Rose interferes by draping Kenny King's foot on the ropes when Tracy Williams tries to pin him. Uh, then she threw in the tag team belts into the ring. It didn't make no sense because she threw it right in front of the referee. So when Kenny King went to reach for the belt because the referee was distracted by Amy Rose, Tracy Williams caught him and power drived him. Uh, I'm talking about a spike power driver, and he ended up pinning Kenny King. And new champ, Tracy Williams. So, the Funcionado Gobernables already lost one belt at that day. We're pretty much dominating all the belts in Ring of Honor besides the pure championship title that uh, Jonathan Gresham holds. So, there was a loss right there. So, now, it's funny because in the beginning of this match, Kenny King said, why am I defending the belt? That's not my belt. So pretty much they were putting him in a tough situation where he had to defend the belt from another uh, um, uh, um, LFI member who's out and made don't know when he's coming back. And I'm talking about Dragon Lee. So, you know, with that being said, you know, here we are. And um, Kenny King loses the belt because of Amy Rose. So the next match was a match that I was really looking forward to was because this match was a grudge match between Flip Gorton versus Mark Briscoe. Flip Gorton cost the Briscoe brothers a title match or a chance to go for the title in a match between Kenny King and Dragon Lee and the Briscoe. Flip Gorton decided to uh, pretty much push Jay Briscoe off the top rope in a tag team match. Mark Briscoe was like, okay, so I'm going to challenge you this match. Mark Briscoe started strong, but Flip Gorton took control after Mark was flipped over the top rope. Flip was using a lot of uh, high-impact moves with a, using a fisherman suplex. Um, Briscoe hit the blockbuster on the outside of the ring. Uh, Gorton catches Mark with an insiguri kick while on the top rope. And then these two started going to a slap fest between the two. And then but Flip hit the flip, gun, um, the flip vine for the win. So this is a big win for Flip Gorton. Uh, flip Gorton who was part of the villain enterprise and when Marty Scroll was running the bookings in Ring of Honor uh, with him, Brody King. And to me, I always felt that Flip Gorton was out of place because he's called the mercenary. Now he looks even more out of place because he's pretty flying solo. Uh, but that was this is a big one, beating one of the Briscoe brothers who are the guys that's been there for over 20-something years. They've been there since day one. Uh, but it was a big win for Flip Gorton. The match was decent. It wasn't bad. Uh, but you could tell that Flip Gorton was being uh, overpowered by Mark Briscoe. Mark Briscoe looks bigger than him. But Flip Gorton's uh, athletic skills and his uh, way to, to you know, counter a lot of the high-power moves that Mark Briscoe was doing with his high-flying moves. So this is a big, big way for Flip Gorton. The next match was Dalton Castle versus Josh Woods. Now, this was a 
you could pretty much say this was like a, a rubber a rubber match because Dalton Castle ended up being Josh Wood. Silas Young came back um, after a, a long absence, and that's Josh Wood's tag team partner. But uh, Josh Wood's been wrestling and part of pretty much has not been listening to Silas Young. He got knocked off in the tournament, the pure tournament. And so there's been a lot of not disagreement between the two. And this was a match that was going to be the rubber match. Silas Young came out. At one point, uh, Josh took control of the match. Where Dalton decided that to hit him with an elbow, it was like a it was like a cheap shot because Dalton just hit him because he had him in like in a like holding him from the back and he just and he was holding the rope and he just went in blasting him with the elbow and Josh ended up coming back and and Josh suplexed him out of the ring. I mean he hit him with a nice suplex. Then Dalton threw Josh against the railing outside using dirty taxes, trying to take control of the match. Josh returned the favor to Dalton while he was, I mean, he was throwing him everywhere outside, every corner of the ring, every railing of the ring. So Josh went hit um, Dalton with a straight punch and then powerbombed Dalton on the edge of the ring. And Silas Young went out of nowhere, tried to give a chair to Josh Wood while he's doing all these moves on him. But you know, um, but he refused. But then Silas, you know, in the middle of the match, Silas just grabbed the chair. You look like he was ready to hit Dalton Castle, but then blasted Josh with the chair over his head. And then you pretty much knew that he just, he did it intentionally. And Josh Wood got rolled up and Dalton Castle wins the match. So that was it. So it looks like that Josh Woods, is going to have a few with Silas Young. Now, Josh Wood has pretty much impressed me. He looks better than when I saw him live two years ago when he was part of the some tournament that they have, Ring of Honor has for young talent. But we're going to see a Silas Young versus Josh Wood because Silas Young went in the ring afterwards and pretty much told him that it hurt him to do what he had to do, but that Josh Wood did not want to listen. So now we're going to have a few between these two which will be pretty good. It'll be pretty awesome. That's something that uh, is good for Josh Woods. It's good for Ring of Honor, and, you know, we'll see what happens. The next match was Jay Briscoe versus EC3. This was supposed to happen at Final Battle, but being because EC3 got caught with the COVID, uh, that match never happened. Uh, so EC3 and Jay Briscoe, this match was going to be good. EC3 tried to shake the hand for the code of honor with with Jay, but Jay refused. EC3 looks magnificent. This guy was cut up. I'm talking about he looks on point. EC3 hits the psycho boy on Jay and started taking control of the match by punching him over the head. He he started using power moves on Jay. Briscoe made a comeback with heavy punches and a boot that drove EC3 outside. And Briscoe hurt his knee while jumping on EC3 on the outside. EC3 pushes Jay to the ring post. Um, then pretty much, uh, um, EC3 decided to do a top row suplex on Jay, pretty much hurting Jay's knee and EC3 decided to target the knee. Then EC hits a brain buster. Jay makes a comeback, then hits his spagola driver on the edge of the ring on EC3. Jay working on EC's neck, but then EC turns, EC turns it around with a, a unknown moon planting Briscoe. It was just some crazy move I never seen. That he did. 
But then Briscoe hits a knee again on EC, but he starts to laugh. So the more punishment that Jay Briscoe kept giving to EC3, the more he kept laughing. Uh, during the match, EC3 kept telling Jay Briscoe, honor me, honor me, because he didn't want to shake his hand. And at the end, uh, it, it was like the more punishment that, uh, you know, that Jay Briscoe hit EC3 with it, he continued to laugh. Finally, EC asked for the shake of the hand, which Jay did, and then he hits his Jay Thriller for the win. So this was a pretty good, decent match between these two. At the end, they both shook hands afterwards. So it was no animosity toward these two guys. This is a match that was supposed to happen final battle. But because of the, the, the pandemic and the fact that uh, I think EC3 had the, the virus, that match never happened. So he was, uh, I know it was him, Kenny King, and two other people were not able to compete in that um, final battle uh, show. So it was a pretty good match. It, it, was, it was decent. Uh, so uh, the next match, which kind of caught me off guard, uh, and pretty much it did because I didn't expect this. Um, the next match was Messi Squad. They were the former six-man Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. They lost those belts to Shane Taylor Promotions, Savage, uh, Savage of Sol Soldiers of Savagery. And Flamita blames Bandito because Bandito was the one who uh, caught the pin. He was the one who got pinned. So Flamita... Ray Horace and Bandito were going to go in a three-way to just to settle whatever problems they had. Flamita uh, looked like he had his back turned, which when uh, Ray Horace and Bandito gave themselves a hug, then he didn't want to shake their hands. He refused to give the cold honor, which was interesting, which was going to be very interesting. Horace and Bandito started having a feel-out process between the two. Flamita blames Bandito for the loss of this six-man title because he said it while he had uh, Bandito on the floor at one point. Bandito is a muscle buster and a cannonball. While he's holding Horace in a muscle buster position, he drops Horace and lands on Bandito at the same time. This this match was crazy. Stuff that these guys were doing. Uh, the message crowd may have pretty much broken up after this match because uh, Crow's body into a po poison runner from bandito it was crazy i never seen anything because uh flamita had um flamita had um bandito on his shoulder like in a legion a legion of doom the whatever they call that it's like uh i forgot what they call it anyway it was like a legion of doom doomsday kind of device horus jumps on Bandito, while he's on Flamita's shoulder, turns it around into a Spanish fly poison runner move. It was crazy. I never seen anything of like this. And Bandito is one guy that um this guy he did so much stuff when him and Dragon Lee and Bone Soldier at the G1 Supercars two years ago at Master Square Garden for the IWGP Junior title it would he did some crazy moves and for me seeing him like doing this bandito i keep forgetting about him he's i mean this guy is one of the best lucha libre wrestlers out here but he's in ring of honor that's what you rarely hear from him but he did mention that he would like to work for aew and new japan so that could happen once this contract is up but again after that bandito hit the uh 
21 Blackjack on Flamita, pinning him, and Bandito wins the three-way. Afterwards, uh, Bandito and Horace shook hands. Flamita shook Horace's hand, but pushed Bandito away. So I guess these two are not done with each other yet. Mexi squad pretty much is done. What's going to happen from here to maybe the summer? Where are we going with or the next big show that they have, which will be G1 Super, or the, the Ring of Honor Supercard? We'll see. I mean, and, 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 and an interesting part about this was that um, the commentating team, you had Igor Rigobani and uh, who was the uh, uh, Caprice Coleman, but also Rocky Romero from New Japan was commentating in this show. So that's very interesting to see. That goes to show you that New Japan is still working with Ring of Honor. And the Forbidden Door is open, guys. I'm telling you, the Forbidden Door is open. So, but we will see what happens. We'll come back with more Ring of Honor 19th anniversary show uh, review. Today's episode of the Chokesland Wrestling Report is brought to you by Pago. Pago is the easiest way for you to, to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Paco. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o and be sure to add our podcast the chokesland wrestling report in the how do you hear about Paco section of the application that's paco.co moving along guys as we continue to review the ring of honor 19 anniversary show and whatnot they took us now to the Taven, Matt Taven versus Vincent in a cinematic match. Now, uh, this was more where these guys went back to the old school place where they all started wrestling at in this PAL uh, venue or whatever it was. Uh, Taven goes into a PAL venue. It's calling Vincent during entering this building and when they meet up you could tell like they went to a, a certain area because Vincent was in like in an upper deck area like in a, in a, in a, it looked like it was the uh nosebleed section of this PL and he's talking about well welcome this is what you wanted you always wanted the spotlight Taven on you this is your opportunity so Taven decides to go and look for him. So he goes up to some stairs. The camera is following him. He ends up in the area where supposedly Vincent is at. They end up in a room where there's a small ring. He's looking for him. Can't find it. He turns his back. He didn't look toward the back of a blue wall. They start hitting each other uh, afterwards. Uh, but at one point, what didn't make to me, I don't know what the hell Taven was thinking with it in the ring. And Vincent is outside. Taven decides to do a two-page suicida, and he ended up eating a bunch of ladders, which I'm like, uh, why would you even jump on that? Then afterwards, they kept fighting. Vince eats a chair of, after 
tough. Taven went and threw a chair dead at him while they fighting in the building. Um, afterwards, they uh, when Vincent would, went down some stairs, Taven followed, and when he was coming out, he ate uh, pretty much got slammed with a gate uh, with like fence wiring in his face. So it was just like a back and forth situation. Um, then uh, Matt then grabs Vincent and he slams him in a stack of chairs, which was crazy because Vincent was trying to do a cutter on Taven on the outside of the ring. Now they in the first floor, whatever fighting when he ate the, the damn ladders was in the second floor. When they go to the first floor, there's another ring. He tries to do a cutter on Taven on the outside, and Taven took his momentum and just slammed Vincent in a stack of chairs that was stacked up neatly with the back part of the chair sticking out. I mean, it was crazy. It was nasty. Um, then afterwards, uh, Vincent um, exposed the um, he exposed the boards from the from this wrestling ring. He took the padding off, whatever, and he did a cutter on. Uh, Matt on the boards. Uh, then Vinny decided that he wanted to drag Taven around the whole venue. They went up to the stairs, up to the second floor again. Uh, it was just so crazy. At one point, before he took him to the second floor, Vincent had set up some cha chair, um, not the cha chairs, some tables. And he kept saying, "You wanted to see me. You can't let me be. You, you should have let me keep going forward in my life, but you keep." He kept talking to Taven. He sat up some some tables, dragged Taven to the second floor where they were at originally, and then just when they're fighting toward the edge of this balcony type area, uh, this big dude comes out and throws both of them off the balcony and they land on the table downstairs. I was like, "What the hell?" Now here's the crazy part: what I didn't like about this match because afterwards, this big humongous dude looks at Taven, looks at him, then he goes to Vincent, he looks at him, and he carries him out. Now, Ring of Honor, now it's playing off, who is this guy? Who's this monster? What is his name? So pretty much, I can't tell you who the guy was. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he might be some guy from the Indies i never seen before. This guy was huge. So that's the way the match ended. I wasn't too crazy the way this ended. So it means that this is going to continue even much longer. This Vincent-Taven feud has been going on for almost a year and a half. There was no, nothing got settled in this match. Nothing at all. Nothing. Uh, afterwards, the uh, Ring of Honor uh, announced that they had made uh, Maria Canellis um, part of the board, championship board members, whatever. So now Ring of Honor is going to have a women's world championship tournament. And the girls that came out out of there, nowhere, they pretty much was like, well, we're in it no matter what, was Manny De Leon and uh, Angelina Love, the Allure. They pretty much confronted Maria and told her who they think that she is. And the crazy part of what she said was, what position did you get to get into the position you at? So pretty much saying that she went to bed to get that position. It was kind of corny at that time. But, but pretty much Maria Canella said, well, you haven't wrestled anybody and that's all right. You've been world champion seven times in other preliminaries, but here you haven't wrestled for over a year. And if you get to be, uh, beat Queen McKay, which is a young girl who does the, uh, the interviews and on, on Ring of Honor TV, well, if she beats her, she'll get a first round bye. So Quinn McKay versus Angelina Love, most likely it's going to happen on 
Ring of Honor TV. And then if Angelina Love wins, she'll get a first round bye for this tournament. So it's good to see that Ring of Honor is going to bring the women's division back. Here's the problem I have with that. The reason they're doing that is to pretty much make you forget of what happened with Kelly Klein, who's the Ring of Honor Women's Champion, before the lawsuits and all that. Because remember, Joey Mercury and Kelly Klein are suing Ring of Honor. You know, um, so I don't know where that's going to lead, but I want to see who's going to be in this women's tournament. Uh, would you see Thunder Rosa in there? I mean, Ring of Honor works with NWA, so why not? She could go there. So it could be very interesting. The next match was the pure championship match between Dak Draper versus Jonathan Gresham. This match was a size different. Jonathan Gresham only is five foot four. Dick Draper is almost six foot four, six foot seven, something like that. And pretty much, uh, Draper already had the height and weight advantage, but Gresham was working on the legs of uh, of Draper with kicks. Draper with a with a with a bear hug. I mean, an incredible bear hug and kid throwing um, bear hug grip and throwing Gresham around the ring. Uh, Gresham was trying to fight it off, and but. Gresham continued to work on Draper's quads when he had a chance. You can see the markings on the quads of Dick Draper. Um, so Jonathan had a three-rope. He had the three-rope breaks already. He grabbed the ropes three times because in the pure championship, you're only allowed to have three-rope breaks. You cannot use a fist because that's if you do it twice, you get disqualified, you lose the match. The three-rope break is you got three-rope breaks, and, and if you – Lose all those, and then you get caught in a submission. You can hold the ropes all you want. They're not going to break you. You lost the rope breaks. So he lost all his rope breaks. Jonathan Gresham never, never uses his rope breaks. So he had to use it because the advantage that uh, that Draper had. Draper had him at one point, uh, the Denver pump, where it's like a it's like a move, the same thing that Desperado uses. It's like they call him the dulse. It's like a, the leg wrapped around your neck, and you pulled over the quad area. So... Uh, you know, just both wrestlers at one point maximize their breaks. So Draper gets a warning for using a punch. He, I thought he knocked out Gresham. Gresham played it smart. He went outside the ring to get recuperate. Um, but then I'm talking about Drape. Uh, Draper show his freaking strap. He went. He deadlift, suplex, Gresham, and then it did a doctor bomb for a two count. Among, I mean, this man's. Was it's that strong? Draper hit a gut wrench power bomb from the second rope for a two count. A two place suicida turned into a sleeper by Gresham. This is first time I've ever seen that. Draper had his back turn, and I never seen a wrestler do a two place suicida while the wrestler has his back turn. So when he did it, he ended up landing on Draper's back and put a sleeper kind of a chokehold sleeper on, on Draper. And Draper ended up carrying. Just hear, hear me right. He ended up carrying Gresham on his back while he's on this choke hole. Uh, but at the end, he went to the rope. He tried to go for a rope break. He had ran out of his rope break. And Gresham ended up choking him out. And ended up winning that match. It was a great match. I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that. I mean, the pure championship matches I've seen, I think when it comes to Ring of Honor are very good. This was like almost a 20-minute match. So if you're not into that, you're not going to like it. But I like some wrestling like that. Wait, now 
You put the wrestler in trouble. I mean, you 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 give up three rope breaks, and now you're in the middle of a match, and then let's say your leg is hurting, or your calf is hurting, or your arm is hurting, and you get caught in a hole. You can't reach for the you could reach for the ropes, but they're not gonna break it because you got no more rope breaks. So that is that whole uh, Ring of Honor joint with the pure championship matches with uh, pure rules is, is pretty good. I like it. Delirious comes comes out during uh, the guys talking, and out of nowhere, um, Delirious says something to Rocky. Rocky was like, "I don't understand him. I don't know what it meant." So that I don't know what it did that. The next match was for the Ring of Honor Tag Team World Tag Team Titles. Uh, again, another situation. Uh, remember, the Tag Team Championships was held by Kenny King and Dragon Lee. So now Dragon Lee is not there. Now Bestia, who was his father, had to go and defend the World Tag Team Titles against Red Titus and Tracy Williams. Tracy Williams already had won the Ring of Honor TV title. So in this match. Bestie and King attack Titus and Williams. They end up fighting outside the ring. Uh, that uh, uh, Senton bomb by Bestia on Titus, and they were working on Titus. They figured that probably Titus was the weak link. William and Bestia started having a chop fest. These guys were hitting each other hard. Uh, former All Night Express members Titus and King started going at it after what they took the tapes off their hands and they started going at it. Williams had King with the clover leaf at one point while he had Kenny King on the clover leaf. Bestia went against the ropes, started kicking um, Tracy Williams in the face, but Tracy Williams would not let go of the, of the hole. He did it two, two more times and still didn't want to get go until Titus went, ended up catching Bestia with a clothesline, and then put him in a one-leg Boston Crab. Um, so that you know, this that this was a very good match. Titus Bestia started going at it again. Bestia hits a stunt cracker on Titus. It looked like it was going to be over, but it didn't. Then Titus made Bestia submit to. It, I don't know. Titus now looks like his finishing move is a full Nelson. And Titus couldn't get his arms around Bestia because Bestia's neck and shoulders were too broad for Titus to do this. And it looked this so bad because then Bestia hit, uh, Titus made Bestia submit to this horrible full Nelson. It was more like he was sitting on his back, pushing back. So I, I don't know. But it, it, at the end, Red Titus and Tracy Williams ends up winning the tag team titles. So Fox only go Monopolis again, losing another title. So now they were down only to the world title. So, uh, but then after that match, what got me real surprised was what happened afterwards. Pretty much Bessie was pissed off at Amy Rose because he asked him, Amy Rose to give him a chair during the match. Rose uh, probably gave him the wrong chair. He told him, that's not the right chair. Give me the chair. The referee told him, no, you can't use the chair. And that's how Bestia got caught with this horrible fool nuts or whatever. So Bestia now is pissed off at Amy Rose. And Kenny King's trying to say, no, calm down, whatever. So he's telling Amy Rose, look, you know, you, you messed up again, whatever. And she gave him the middle finger. And he was like, oh, you know, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I understand whatever. And Bestia ended up spearing Amy Rose. Yes, you heard me right. He speared Amy Rose. So now Amy Rose is no longer... Part of the Faccion Gobernables. I don't know what they're gonna do with her now, but I mean, I like her being there. I mean, one, she's a se sexy mama. Okay, I can't can't front, but now you where she's gonna go to. So I I don't understand what to deal with that, but that was very it was crazy. 
Next up was the Ring of Honor World Title Match, the main event of the evening. Uh, evening. Jay Lethal versus Roosh. Uh, Roosh playing mind games in the beginning, telling uh, Lethal, uh, let's, you want to wrestle? We wrestle. One point, he put himself in a position where Lethal went and grabbed him from behind. They started uh, chain wrestling. Then when Lethal did the same thing, Roosh ended up spitting at him. And he was playing mind game from the beginning. Then Roosh and Lethal started going at it. Roosh looked like he hurt his knee when he fell outside the ring. Alito started attacking him outside. He didn't really work on his leg at that point. But then Roosh uses his other knee to crack Lito in the jaw. Roosh takes the door of the railing from outside and slams Lito twice with it. Now, the announcer claiming that this door has sand and weighs like 50 pounds. And Lito's getting hit like three times with this. So, uh, afterwards, Lito backdrops, um, uh, was backdrop on the outside. Roosh talking smack. Roosh is taking control of this match. Roosh gets caught with the lethal combination. Then Roosh and Lethal started trading bombs, which was crazy. They started doing super kicks, all type of stuff. These were the guys. It was a good match. At this point, it was good. Lethal hits uh, his hail to the king into the figure four leg lock. He had Roosh in trouble because, remember, he hurt his knee earlier during the match. And then Roosh hits Lethal with, uh, with, his, with the knee for a two count. Roosh puts the calf killer on Lethal. And Lito was able to get out. Bestia and King comes out of the ring, comes out of nowhere. But Lito then fight, you know, fights him off. But then afterwards, uh, you know, Lito went for this uh, Lito injection. And when he went and bounced off the rope, Bestia blasted him with a chair. The foundation comes out. Roosh then goes, went for his, uh, you will get the horns. He went for it once. He, uh, he got speared. But then Lito hits his injection, uh, Lito injection on Roosh, but Roosh gets out in the two count. Roosh then ends up getting, get, uh, hits two horns from the corner. And the first one, Lito went outside. He caught Lito, brought him back in, and did the second one. And he ended up beating the uh, Jay Lito, pinning him. So Roosh did, uh, retains his belt. Afterward, the foundation and El, the La Faction. Start going at it. The Faction start taking control. And out of nowhere, Brody King comes out and claims that he's not alone. Out comes Tony D D Draper. Uh, well, I'm like, what the hell is this? Well, this guy came in win a match. Then out of nowhere, uh, he said, I got more. And then out of nowhere, you see Chris Dickinson and Homicide on the other side. And they attack La Faction and Gobernabilis. They grab Kenny, uh, Chris Dickinson grab Kenny King, pretty much power bombs and sits down power bomb. And then Jay Lethal figure, well, these guys came out to help me. He extend his hand of friendship and Brody King picked him up. And then he went up after that. You knew he was going to get clothesline. He clotheslined him. And then homicide went and ended up hitting cop killer on, uh, Jay Lethal. And, and that's the way the show ended. Now, Overall, this show was pretty good. I mean, the anniversary shows are always good. You know, I think last year they didn't do an anniversary show because of the COVID. The year before, it was Taven versus Lethal, and that was a, a one-hour match, and that was one of the greatest match I've seen in Ring of Honor um, history. And it goes to show you Ring of Honor is bringing all everything. I mean, it goes to show you what they're made of, and I believe that, you know that that the whole show was good. It's too bad that uh, 
the uh, Dragon Lee was not able to be on the show. But, you know, and it's, it's bad when your guy loses the belt the way he did. I mean, even though he never lost, but he had to give up the belt. So they made Kenny King defend that belt. I mean, but, but it's, you know, it's going to be interesting. Now, there's another faction there, Brody King. Um, so we'll see what happens. I'm going to definitely check out um, Ring of Honor TV tomorrow at 7 o'clock on Fight TV and see where it goes. They usually only show like two matches and whatnot, but it gives you an idea then most likely, are they going to do the G1 Supercar? That's the, you know, not the G1. I don't call, call it with G1, the Supercar. Supercar of Honor, they call it. Are they doing it this month or they're not? So we'll see what happens. And we'll just be, you know, you know, we'll just be on the lookout for that. But it was an entertaining show. And kudos to Rig of Honor. I, out of one out of five, I'll give it a four and one quarter. It was worth it. I just didn't like the Vincent and, and Taven match because it just left us wondering what's going on it you know left us when knows with that match not being solved where does amy rose go from here after being kicked out of the L, um Languablacion, uh la faction gobernables where's she gonna land at um so and what's next for the foundation the foundation got three out of the four belts and we'll see we'll see what happens so we'll be right back after this do you remember Lance Von Eric from World Class Championship Wrestling? You can read all about his wrestling career in Portland, in Dallas, and overseas in his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Eric. 25 chapters in all. You'll be surprised what you read. Go to LanceByChance.com. Welcome back. So we have now behind the curtain stuff that happened during the week. And there's a lot of stuff that has happened. And so we'll let's start off with the news about a certain person who signed a new contract following the WWE release. Tia Trinidad, also known as Selena Vega. Uh, supposedly, it says she signed a new contract, but it's not AEW. We don't know what it is, who it is, who she signed with. But it's very, very interesting that... We're getting this uh, report that she signed with a company. Now, after Andrade's was let go a week ago from WWE, and she was one of the, his biggest supporters, and they, them two, when they got together, they were magic. Because Selena Vega and Andrade's, whenever you met Andrade's, whenever you mention Andrade's and WWE, you cannot be like without thinking of Selena Vega. Now, as you know, Selena Vega got fired from WWE because of this third-party bullcrap that WWE, you know, tried to enforce. But yet, you got guys like The Undertaker doing cameos. Nobody says shit about that. But anyway, uh, so this word that she signed a contract does not mean that she can never work for AEW. It's not a long-term contract. It's a short-term contract. So I won't be, you know, I won't be surprise if she ends up going to CMML uh, because as of last week after Andrade's uh, got released, there was word that uh, a group called Gobernables de Mexico, who is the the one of the uh, chapters from the Gobernables from Japan that Rouge and Dragon, not, not Dragon, Rouge and Andrade's were part of in CMML, 
Well, they are, I guess they are trying to bring that group back. Now, you ask yourself, but wait a minute, what about Roosh? Roosh can never go back to CMML. Bestia can never go to CMML. Dragon Lee cannot go to CMML because they had issues with the higher-ups of CMML. So, most likely, they're not going to be part of that. But, again, they're using La Faction and, and Ring of Honor, so that's going to be kind of kind of uh, confusing because now the gobernadores in Mexico are trying to get back together again, and there's words that Andrade may go to Mexico and wrestle in Japan. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they usually have this uh, this event called Estrella de Fantasia or Fantasia, whatever it's called, in Japan in January, right after New Beginnings. This year, of course, again, they weren't able to do it due to the pandemic restrictions. But Andrade's in New Japan will be crazy. Now, I said it before, and I will say it again. People thinking that Andrade may go to AEW. I don't want him in AEW because it's too many guys in AEW that, you know, AEW hasn't been able to use. To top it off, if you think about it, um, he fit very well with the Faction Gobernables and Ring of Honor. Him and Rouge, former members and original members of Los Gobernables de Mexico, that would be a, a good thing. Also, if he does go to Ring of Honor, most likely Selena Vega or Thea Trinidad, her real name, will end up with Santana and Ortiz because that was the rumor happening a week ago. I mean, they even went as far as saying that she signed a contract with them. It was just a matter of time. Who knows? And she probably did. Maybe she won't start now because, remember, this whole thing with the pinnacle and inner circle, they're not going to be around for a couple of weeks. Uh, so we don't know what's going to happen. So they're, they're building a storyline behind this, and it's going to be incredible. Uh, remember, the pinnacle has Tully Blanchard, right? So he's the manager. Never if, if Santana Ortiz decides that they lose to FTR and they decide, well, we need to get a manager to combat Tully Blanchard, no. Selena Vega, a former LAX member back in Impact. Can't ask for anything better than that. Uh, Ringo Honor Star hoping to work for AEW. And that's one guy I mentioned during my review. And I'm talking about Bandito. Bandito said he would like to work for AEW once his contract is over. Uh, Bandito did work at the main event match that it was uh, Bandito, Rey Mysterio Jr., and Dragon Lee versus Cody Bushi and the Young Bucks at the All In Main Event match back in 28. I think it was 2018. 2018, 2019. I don't remember when all in was, but uh, actually 2018. So, you know, Bandito will fit perfect in AEW, but again, too many wrestlers. WWE, uh, AEW been picking up WWE wrestlers. They got now, uh, you know, they just picked up Christian and they just picked up Paul White. Don't know why. Those two, I want to not pick them up at all. At all. Uh, Bandito, this guy's a future star. Of the future of wrestling, Lucha Libre style. So, you know, he would be perfect in there. But we'll never know. In the cabin, listen, with this forbidden door, maybe he don't need to leave Ring of Honor. He could just show up at AEW. It could happen. Speaking about the forbidden door, uh, Impact just announced that they will be moving to Thursday starting April 8th, which is a smart move because WWE is moving to Tuesdays on NXT. So we're going to have wrestling every day, every day. 
So wrestling will be five, 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 ten, five times a week. You get to see wrestling every day. So Impact, they suffer the lowest ratings this week. This week just passed with 110,000 views, which means, and, and listen, Impact needs to bring in better wrestlers. Than they would have. That roster they have cannot compete with anybody. Okay? The Eddie Edwards, the freaking Rhinos, the freaking um, Tommy Dreamers, they cannot compete with other promotions. They need to sign bigger. And I mean, it's crazy. Look what Rick Warner did. They just brought in Chris Dickinson. Why do you bring in Chris Dickinson to Impact? You know, Homicide's not going to Impact because Homicide's been there, right? So he's not going there. But you're not bringing in anybody in there. It's just it's just crazy. Now Chris Bay, Chris Bay is out for a while. He's hurt or he's sick. Something is up. He's not going to be there. So this is not them going to Thursday. I mean, it's a safe bet for them because that's the way they used to be back in the days. In 2017, it was on Thursday. So they're going right back to the way everything started. But I'm telling you, and people tell Anthem is cheap when it comes to money. Okay. And they're going to they're gonna lose more people because Jordan Grace right now will be a free agent in May. So is Josh Alexander. Those two, they lose us two. They're done. They are done. I mean, and every time they go and turn around the corner to do something, they can. I mean, to me, I think the the bottom line, they didn't make it more exciting. And I know my boy from the WNR podcast may not agree with me with this, but Moose losing to Rich Swan did not make impact any better because the match you really want to see is Moose versus Kenny Omega. You do not want to see Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan because Rich Swan, you know they're going to cheat on him. He's going to lose. You know what I'm saying? If he wins, I'll be surprised. I'll be very surprised. Very surprised. Um, AEW Revolution generates more interest than WWE Fastlane. Uh, and I know what people are going to say. Uh, you know, the only reason they generated more because people wanted to see that death match and explosion. That's true. You may be right. Maybe that's the reason why. But why did Fastlane only got way less, 100,000 in Fastlane than AEW Revolution? And people just, you know what his problem is? That people, especially WWE Universe fans, don't want to see the right in the wall. They act. They're turning a blind eye to this, to this uh, product that WWE is giving people every day. You know what I'm saying? And it's like you're making excuses for, you know, for the failures. Okay, that rest of, they just announced a couple of matches for WrestleMania from for SmackDown, and those matches look better than Raw's. But the whole card is not WrestleMania worthy. Bad Bunny versus The Miz, really? That's not that's not something I want to look at. That's not something I don't even want to watch. So, you know, for you to come out of nowhere, especially WWE fan comes at me like, oh, WWE is good. You just got to give it a chance. Listen, we've been giving them a chance since 2018. Since January 2018 with McMahon and Stephanie and Triple H, when it said we're going to give you best good matches, different different stars and all that, and they never came through. And right now, WWE doesn't care about anything. You see they sold the network 
to Peacock, and that is just a cluster at fuck, if you could really say that, because people are complaining about that. They are complaining about that. But AEW Revolution generated more interest than Fastlane. Because people are tired. People are tired of it. Fastlane was a raw show. There was nothing in there. There was uh, the stuff that you see on Raw. There was no match there that you could say, oh, I really want to. What, the 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 Randy Orton against Alexa Bliss? And then the Fiend looking like he's grow uh, uh, Oscar the Grouch in the garbage can burning? Come on. You got to be kidding. And then not only that, but her Randy Orton got, uh, he really got uh, a lot of heat with his wife for the way Alexa Bliss just sat on top of him. That was mm, the wife didn't like that. So that goes to show you what's going, you know, what's going on. And speaking about WWE news on Triple H backstage personality, word is that he's becoming like Mix McMahon. If people cannot want to have a word with him, he is uh, unavailable. Um, so, I mean, what can we what can we say about that? The man, probably he probably who knows? Everybody's probably fed up. He just probably figured like, look, there's nothing I could do. Try to do things in now, and they're saying that he's becoming like Vince McMahon. You know, he goes to you know, he's hard to reach. He's hard to speak. So, listen, WWE right now, like I say, I want to see what they're gonna do after WrestleMania. Are they gonna continue to give this closer crap with the Raw? They're not. The Peacock thing is just nonsense. And speaking about the Peacock, the Peacock plans to add new features following criticism. People were pissed off at this Peacock stuff. And it's funny because I was reading uh, the Peacock Facebook thing and people were just saying that Peacock decided that they're going to add people to go through the WWE contest. So basically, they already blocked two situations that happened in, um, in, in events. Now, WWE has no say-so because... They sold the WWE Network to NBC. So now, WrestleMania 6, Roddy Piper versus Bad News Brown, or Bad News Allen, whatever his name is. Piper doing that the ma- uh, match, he painted himself black, whole, half of his body black, and the other one was white. And back in those days, it was racist. It was a racist situation with Roddy Piper, but back then, people didn't care. They figured it was just entertainment, whatever, because... Society back then is not the way society is right now. Well, Peacock decided that they were going to block that match. Then we go to Survivor Series when Vince McMahon approached John Cena and used the N-word. They took that out. So if that's the case, what's going to happen when they go to ECW? The ECW was raunchy as hell, violent. Are they going to take matches at blood? At this point, I really don't care. Why? Because... WWE decided to sell this right away without giving no second thoughts of anything. And they went and decided to, well, you know what? Uh, we're going to um, we're going to um, sell this. We don't care what the fans say. I don't care how many years we've been, uh, how many years the fans have been dedicated. Seven years or six years, whatever it was, the fans dedicated to this. And only like probably half, not even a million people, uh, in, international, but a million here will subscribe to this. And a lot of them went subscribe for the old contest, not the new contest they do. 
And they pretty much didn't care. And now they gave it to Peacock. And Peacock don't know what the hell to do with it. But now they're going to start censoring a lot of the stuff, especially the Attitude Era. And this is why, you know, McMahon is laughing all the way to the bank. Meanwhile, you as the consumer who decided to, again, sign up for Peacock. And this is what you're going to get. You're not getting the library, the whole full library to August. And that's what you get back from the library because a lot of these matches, especially the ECW stuff and the Attitude Era may not come full. People, A lot of people are saying they're not going to renew their subscription. There's other people who are still in fucking Cloud9 who say, no, I still get the network. The network will be gone after April, April 9, whatever it is, and then you have to sign to Peacock. But there's a lot of ignorant people who want to argue online, talking about, no, I'll get P- I'm going to get the network anyway. We'll find out April 9 when you think you're going to watch uh, WrestleMania and you're going to have to subscribe to Peacock and pay the $10 for the premium to watch the pay-per-views. I'm glad that I don't have to deal with that shit. Now, you probably say, well, you're a podcaster and you like wrestling and you don't like, the- I don't need the network. I am the network. I keep saying that, I've been saying that. I've been collecting all kinds of wrestling shows. I pretty much got every wrestling show there is. Okay? Every wrestling show. Every wrestling show I have. So, even the ones now. You know what I'm saying? I had the whole collection of the Monday Night Intro from week to week to week to week. From 1996 to 2000. I have all of them. So I don't miss episodes. I really didn't need the network. You know? But, but this is what's going on. So, you know, um, Kevin Owens said his match with Sami Zayn for WrestleMania. Um, you know, he's really looking forward to his dream come true. These two guys had traveled everywhere, all over the place. You know, um, so it's pretty much, you know, self-explanatory. This they got these guys are gonna go at it. They're gonna give you, I think that's one of the one another match that's gonna steal the show on WrestleMania and maybe night one or night two, but most likely night two, and they're gonna steal the show. They are going to steal the show. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it right here now. The New Japan brackets for New Japan Bracket Cup USA. They already have um, the matches set up. So for this is going to start this Friday. I believe the match they're going to have. The first round matches are as follow. Clark Connors versus Leo Rush. Brody King versus Craig Dickinson. It's funny that I just said that, but these guys are now a team in Ring of Honor. R- Ran Narita, the young lion from New Japan versus Tom Lawler, and Hika Leo versus Fred Rosser. So that's it will start this Friday for New Japan Strong. So guys, check it out. Whoever wins this gets a shot at John Moxley. So that will be at the for the IWGP United States title. So that's something to watch. CM Punk endorses Dan Housen's use of the GTS. Kenta tells CM Punk he's happy to see anyone but him use it. So it looks like CM Punk still feuding with Kenta. Kenta, of course, was pissed off at CM Punk when CM Punk basically just stole his move uh, to go to sleep. And Kenta always has something about it, like beef about it, which I don't blame him. And pretty much so CM Punk, as long as you're not using it, I don't care. He doesn't like CM Punk. And Kenta, t- Kenta speaks from the heart. I got to give props to that guy because he doesn't really care about nothing, nothing at all. 
The WWE Hall of Famer Road Dog hospitalized with heart condition as of Thursday. Uh, the 51-year-old uh, right now has heart problems, and that been a history in his family. You know that Brian Armstrong died of a heart problem. He was only 50. Uh, so, you know, one of the last remaining Armstrongs uh, now hospitalized. So hopefully he'll recuperate quick. WWE encountering obstacle with a Sin Cara trademark application. The Sin Cara trademark application uh, has been an issue for WWE for the last couple of months. The first one was the Dean Ambrose situation. They wanted to trademark that name, but in order for them to do that, uh, Moxley had to co-sign it, you know, um, giving them, giving WWE the authority to have Dean Ambrose uh, trademarked on the day patent, the U.S. patent trade on the WWE. But that has not happened either, so I guess they lost that opportunity. So the St. Carlos situation is almost similar too. There was another wrestler, the Mystico, who was uh, the one who came in as uh, St. Carlos, but then he landed in, in, in trouble with the well policy, and he got um, he got suspended. He ended up leaving. So Unico, uh, who wrestled on with WWE for many years, donned the mask for the rest of the time for Sin Cara, and now Unico now is in Mexico now wrestling as the orderless Cinta de Oro, and now WWE needs his consent to get the trademark for Sin Cara's. So WWE is trying to freaking buy every trademark they see because I think they were planning to bring back Sin Cara. Are you kidding me? Sin Cara was a jobber. You didn't bother with him. You got mad at the original guy because he missed the trampoline bullcrap that y'all used to have. And I'm glad this happened in the WWE because WWE treat their wrestlers like crap. And then they want them to, oh, co-sign this, you know, your, your former gimmick name. And, you know, we we, be, we go our way. Now, I won't sign shit either. You know what I'm saying? So, at this point, I mean, it's gotten to the point I really don't care about WWE. A lot of, you know, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't depend on WWE when it comes to wrestling because there's other wrestling companies that, I could take advantage of because people don't cover. I cover everything. You know what I'm saying? Like the NWA. NWA uh, pretty much pissed me off this weekend because I went to see the NWA Power on Fight TV and it only gave me 10 minutes of the fight uh, of the NWA Power. And I come to find out that they want me to pay to watch the weekly program. Are you out of your mind? I'm not paying for that. You know what I'm saying? What happened when you used to put it on YouTube? So now you're trying to get the consumer money, you just gave a pay-per-view last Sunday, and it wasn't all that. It was like $20 I paid for that shit. And to see Nick Aldis win again, I mean, when is this guy going to get beaten for the belt? If this is your best you have, you know what I'm saying? And to me, I'm not paying no weekly uh, fight TV shit for no NWA. NWA, and if you out of this, keep it real. It's just the same thing as Shane Douglas said about uh, – NWA. NWA has been trying to uh, pretty much make that uh, belt legit. And every time it fails, it's, it's like this hovering black cloud hovers over them. Every time they try to make it legit, you see what happened. The pandemic came in. They were closed for almost a year. They just did a pay-per-view. They took out all the NWA power joint and they took it out so people won't see it. Because if you want to see it, oh, you can see it on Fight TV. No, that's wrong. You know what? 
Billy Corgan could go and stick that NWA shit up his ass because I'm not paying for no NWA stuff. Okay. So I'm sorry, but I'm not going to put up because these companies, you know, especially NWA. I mean, I always was against it because I felt that they're trying to bring back the 1980s. You brought in Jim Cornette. He started talking racism bullshit. And, and then you out for a whole year. You don't even bother to come in, try to figure out a way to, uh, to bring, you know, the fans back to the NWA, but the way you wanted to is take out all the contents from YouTube, YouTube, and let's do a pay-per-view with no backstories to anything, just matches. So I don't know. That's just me. I'm, you know, rambling, whatever, but NWA, um, we'll see what happens. I mean, it, it looks like it's interesting what's going on. The storylines there, but this thing about you asking the fans to pay, I mean, if you didn't, if you didn't save money and you didn't do what you did, um, you know, you've waited a whole year to now come back and you're asking the fans to help you money wise. No, I don't think so. You know what I'm saying? Show me what, what, how good is your product. And then I'll think about it. I just bought the pay-per-view for $20. So anyway, this is, this is the end of the show. Um, again, guys, thank you for all your support. Um, you know, again, I speak from the heart. I speak with what I see, and maybe a lot of people may not agree, but hey, I'm a realist. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm not going to sugarcoat WWE. I'm not going to sugarcoat AEW. I'm not going to sugarcoat New, New Japan. Anything wrong, I'm going to speak on it. You just give me your feedback on it, and I, you know, I appreciate your opinion about it. But this is, I'll speak from the heart, and that's the way I am. I'm not here to, to claim that I'm number one. I'm the number one podcast in the wrestling community like sometimes i hear from other people but yet they're ranting bitch about the same thing about the same freaking promotion they see and they cover wwe all that you know it becomes tiring you know that you hear some of these podcasters you know just rant and rave about promotion but yet they still watch it i won't watch it if it's getting me that fucking pissed so anyway that is it for my show thank you for listening to my show guys if you want the merchandise from my podcast, you could go to tcwr.veryimpressive.com. That's tcwr.veryimpressive.com. Check out the merchandise I have there, plus the snapback baseball cap with the Chokeslam Wrestling Report logo. Uh, if you want to see what it is, I I wore the shirt on my last video on my Chokeslam Wrestling Report on my YouTube channel. If you guys want to check that out, you'll see the shirt that I have on. I like the shirt. The shirt is awesome. Um, I got two other shirts in there. So until then, guys, if you want, check it out and let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about my uh, my uh, YouTube channel. You can check it out. Uh, subscribe to the audio podcast. Again, I'm available at uh, Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Google, iHeartRadio, and any other audio podcast that you got likes to listen to your show. Also, guys, you want to follow me on social media, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until then, guys, uh, wear that mask, stay six feet away. It's not over, so don't unprotect yourself and get caught out there. It's not over. Stay safe, six feet apart, wear that mask. Until then, guys, be blessed, and I'll see you on Thursday for the AEW Dynamite Review.